Welcome to Brutally Honest. My name is Clayton. I'm Brandon. And Tyler. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about NCAA tournament, the final push in the NBA season, and MLB opening day. To start off, let's talk about these great Elite Eight games we had tonight. Yeah, so the first game was Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech pulled out a six-point win, but it really, really, really came down to the wire. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, this this is a, was a great Elite Eight matchup. You know, I what I really took from this game was this is Chris Beard's coming out party. You know, he hasn't been in Texas Tech for just a couple seasons now, but he's starting to put uh, you know his mark uh, on the program and in college basketball overall. Yeah, he's going to be up for a lot of jobs coming off season. I'm going to say yeah, there yeah, plenty of open jobs. UCLA is most probably the most prominent one yeah. that comes to mind. And, you know, they're going to throw a lot of money around and, and Westwood. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> not to get too much off topic or anything, but I kind of want to talk about the UCLA job for a second. Um, you guys were talking about how great of a job that is, and my question is, is it really still that great of a job? Could be. It could be. But is it? Not Not recently. But historically, it's his, a great recruiting bed. It's is it a, okay. LA, SoCal. Um, the Pac-12 is not a strong conference, anyways, especially recently. Right. I think that with the right coach and the right situation, UCLA can be a power again. I personally was never a fan of Steve Alford. I he was a coach at Iowa, didn't really do anything. You know, had a couple of good seasons prior to becoming UCLA, but he got all these top-flight recruits and really didn't maximize his talent other than the year. They had on the ball, and even then, you could argue yeah. they underachieved. Oh, yeah. To your point, you, the, right, the right place, the right time, the right team, Chicago State could be UCLA. Uh, I mean, disagree. that's... <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody, anybody, can be, anybody can be good if it's the right place, the right time. But my yeah. thing is, you're out on the West Coast. The West Coast is down. The games are played late at night. Nobody in the Midwest or the East Coast stays up late to watch those games. So you're already not going to be on TV. Other than the 10 million people in L.A. Right, right. Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, other than that, yeah. you have the whole state of California. You have one you know, city. Yeah. Most popular state in the United States. But, right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, have no. one, you have one city that's going to be up. The entire East Coast isn't going to stay up and watch. Right. Speaking of out west, Gonzaga, number one seed, and you could say they have underachieved this year. They have a couple... Uh, you know, draft picks coming up. You know, Hutchimer, uh, definitely a lottery pick. You could argue that Clark is going to get some looks, probably in the first round. And Norvell and Perkins, I really feel like, you know, Norvell needs to come back. But Perkins, I think he could be, you know, end of the bench uh, type of player for an NBA team. Yeah, he's a really, I think he's a, I think he's a great leader. He's, he's a guy that, he's kind of like Rondo, where he'll, he'll do the scrappy stuff. He'll mouth off. But you always want a guy like that on your team. So you hate playing against them, but you want him on your yeah. team. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not a fan, but... Yeah, so yeah. my thing with him is his biggest knock so far is his shooting ability. Yeah. And then tonight, in the Elite Eight, he went four for nine, and he hit... He's a big shot guy, the though. The biggest three yeah. of the season for Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. 
He's a, ultimately he's, lost. Yeah. Because of his stupidity, <laughs> by reaching in. That was that, the that was the game. Out of bounds. A senior guard. You you got to be aware of what's going on. Uh, that, that probably cost him a game. Yeah. In case any of you don't know, it was the last it was the last seconds of the game. Uh, Texas Tech was inbounding it uh, with under their basket or under Gonzaga's basket. It late in the fourth quarter. Second half. Up or late in the second half, up to mm -hmm. passing the ball in. It was a situation under ten seconds to where Gonzaga had to foul or get the ball, and he was guarding the inbounder and reached his hand in and hit the inbounder, which is an automatic technical foul. So Texas Tech got free throws and the ball back, which pretty much sealed the game for them, and that's why it ended up being a six-point game instead of a two-point game. Yeah, that that was that was a dagger in the heart right there. It was just, uh, you know, I think he thought he was out guarding someone at the three-point line, and in, in, in his mind, uh, not realizing that there is a a boundary they couldn't cross, and that cost him a game. But you know, yeah, uh, Gonzaga will be back next year. Got a great recruiting yeah. class coming in. Of course they do. Uh, yeah. Multiple uh, bigs coming in, six ten plus. So I expect them to see them back in tournament next year. But. On to our next game, Purdue and Virginia. If you haven't heard of Carson Edwards, you know his name now. Who? Carson Edwards. Who? Carson Edwards. Can you spell that, please? Sure. <laughs> so he had 42 points tonight. Um, <clears throat> he also hit 10 threes. Uh, he now officially has the NCAA tournament record for three-pointers three at 28. In four games, which is mind blowing. He also set uh, a NCAA record, tournament record, for most points um, through the first four games over guys named, you may not have heard of them, Steph Curry and Buddy Steph Heald. Curry? No. Steph Curry. Him oh, too. Yeah, no, Del Curry? Too. Nope, the good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good one. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, prior to this year, uh, Edwards, last year, you know, flirted with the NBA draft, decided to come back. Um, and in my mind, I think he sealed himself. He, he is a legitimate NBA prospect. And even though the NBA has these weird ideas about drafting people who are under 20, he needs to be on an NBA roster. He can fill it up in multiple ways. Uh, but he's definitely a scorer. I think he interests a lot of people, a lot of teams this tournament. He, he opened a lot of people's eyes, and today, just today, 42 points in a game, a big game like this, mm -hmm. 10 threes. Shooting is is what the NBA likes. So, yeah. so first round against Old Dominion, he had 26 points of the team's 61 points. Second round against Villanova, he had 42 of their 87 points. Unfortunately. Against Tennessee... He had 29 of their 99 points, and then tonight he had 42 of their 50 or of their 75 points. I mean, that's crazy numbers. And it's not just the numbers; it's the timing of some of his shots. I mean, oh. he was hitting step back threes, yeah. floaters, right when Purdue needed a basket. He was stepping up uh, like a older guard should. Yeah, he's got a, <clears throat> a lot of leadership. A lot, a lot of the things I liked about him too, especially in this last game, was when things didn't go his way. He got shoved. There was a play where he got he got his wrist smacked. Called the ball. Ball went out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Called it. 
Virginia's ball. Mm-hmm. He didn't overreact. He didn't. All he's, he, you know, he kind of looked at the ref, and then he just went on his way. Mm-hmm. Didn't ma- didn't make a big deal. It didn't stick with him. He went to the next play. That's what leaders should do. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great, great, great composure by him to yeah, to stay absolutely. stay in it. And you know, uh, you know, the game. If you didn't see it, went into overtime, um, and Purdue just just fell short. Virginia you know, made a couple of clutch free throws at the end uh, to to seal it. So, to kind of transition a little bit, since we're kind of on the topic of the NBA draft, I would I want you guys to think and tell me of somebody in this draft who is going to become the next um, undrafted free agent great. So, to give you a couple names of notable NBA uh, undrafted players, um, you guys are going to give me crap for the first one, but Udonis Haslam. (laughs) Udonis Haslam. Been in the league for 16 years. I didn't know he was still in the league, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, still, still in the league. Into the bench, but yeah. He has three yeah, titles. Like, yeah, he's like 40 years old now, so. Is he a coach? <laughs> nope, he's per- still in uniform. Assistant trainer. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> Bo Outlaw. Bo Outlaw? What the hell is he doing? No, no, I'm not saying they're playing now. Oh. I'm just saying of the past. Gotcha. All right. Bo <laughs> Outlaw. <laughs> <laughs> Bo Outlaw played for 15 years. Uh, Bruce Bowen was a undrafted. John Starks. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Avery yeah. Johnson. Richie Miller's nemesis. Yeah. And Ben Wallace. Big Ben Wallace. Ooh, Big so, Ben. That's, oh that's, man, that's, that's that's a good one that's right there. The, so, that's the tip top. Yeah. So those are some notable <laughs> NBA undrafted free agents. Um, of the last couple years, we have players. Like Alonzo Trier, who I personally liked yeah. in college. He would have been and drafted. He just got he, himself I thought he was, second, I thought he was a second round pick. No, he was he was not drafted. He was undrafted. Okay. Yeah. He has a lot of talent. He's just he's it's in his head. He just keeps getting himself in trouble. Well, that, he's he's kind of a, a bit of a tweener. He can shoot it, mm-hmm. but at, at six five, he doesn't really handle the ball great, um, and he's not. Overly athletic. <clears throat> yep, so I'm looking. I'm looking at a list right now of possible. I've got, I got a guy. Okay. I've got a guy. Marcus Howard. So Marcus Howard. So everything I see, he's a he's a mid level second round yeah. pick. Uh, he could. I definitely think he's a guy that's going to get drafted. I really do. Um, just because of I would draft ability. him, I would take him if I, in the second round. He is a guy who should get drafted, yeah. uh, but again, he's a another one of these uh, players who's older. He's yeah, not. He's, he's, he's yeah. not twenty years old. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, the NBA thinks that players aren't going to get any better and you're not going to do anything. Even though if you're a good NBA player, you can play until your early to mid thirties easily. You know, they think you are what you are more so, and you have less time. To develop, mm-hmm. but it's only a couple years. Yeah, that you're different than the guys that they want. Yeah. So. So I, yeah, I, I guess my yeah, the counter argument to that would be, is Brandon Ingram Kevin Durant yet? We're still waiting. Yeah. We're still yeah. Waiting we will develop that. into that. We'll see. Maybe the time he's thirty. We'll see. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 
But on the other hand, uh, back to Marcus Howard, you know, he is a guy, even though he's not very tall, he can mm. shoot it from everywhere. He's got a quick stroke, he's got uh, unlimited range. I mean, he's probably the closest thing you can get to a Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's definitely not going to be as good, but he can find uh, a role on a team like that. <clears throat> so the biggest name that I see, I which is kind of mind-blowing to me, because if you would have mentioned this guy's <clears throat> name uh, last year, you would have been thinking um, a first-round pick, and that would be uh, Killian Tilly. From Gonzaga, I know. I know he's had some injuries. Uh, he had multiple injuries this year, but he's he's still that stretch big that the NBA has just been salivating over for the last eight years or so. But that that name that name surprises me. Um, Azubuki from Kansas. He is a guy yeah. that ten years ago would have been a top yeah. five draft pick. I I, um, I think he's got a lot of talent. And now he might not even get drafted at all, which is crazy. Well, I think the thing with Tilly is that he's been mo- a big part of his being. He's been overshadowed by Hachimura and Clark. Um, he, he's kind of playing uh, backseat to those guys, and which which is which is fine because those are those two players are definitely more talented. But I think he's just begin uh, being a forgotten about player. So yes, I think he could be a steal for the for the right team. <clears throat> a guy that a guy that might go undrafted that um, I could see being a decent role player in the NBA would be like a guy like Chris Clemens from Campbell. You guys oh, know about him? Yeah, the yeah. he's small. He, he's older, but yeah, he led the nation in scoring this yeah, year, didn't he? He's yeah. he's he's one of the all-time leading scorers. I'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly um, where he is. He but. he finished the season, I believe, sixth in the nation yeah, all-time. I'm, I'm blanking on the. Uh, there's another guy who's in the top ten. I think he's like right around ten. He's a post player, and he's another guy that I could see being maybe wouldn't get drafted, but might. If they got it, gave him a shot, could be a decent role player, and you never know what happens after that. Because a lot of these guys that go undrafted, they just come from from nobody mm-hmm. schools, and you know they were they were productive at their school, and then they go into the NBA unknown, and then we see what they can really do. I'll give you a name who I think uh, got a lot of fanfare in this tournament, um, but I think if drafted, I don't think he will be, uh, won't do well. That's Fletcher McGee from Wofford. Fletcher mm. McGee from Wofford, yeah. that's a good name. Yeah, I, good yeah name. I like that one too. Uh, uh, I think you were thinking of Mike Dom from South Dakota State. Yeah, Big, it, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good passer, he's a good rebounder, he's a good scorer. Yeah, he he's a guy that I think... I mean, Chris Clemens, he's 5'9", so that might mm-hmm. knock him a bit, and that might make it to where, you know. But this guy, he's a post player. I mean, I think in in, in the league the way it is now, I think he, he, he wouldn't, he's not a bad guy to look at. Yeah, uh, this is a kid who averaged 15 points a game as a freshman, uh, 25 as a sophomore, 24 as a junior, 25 as a senior. I mean, he's, he's consistent. Yeah. Uh, the last two years, he's averaged a double double. He's averaged two assists a game, a block, a steal. Granted, in the summit summit league. Yeah, he's but... not. He's not playing the. He's not playing against the best talent. But that's where he is. Look at his numbers. He's he's getting the job done. He's doing he's doing what you'd want. 
a guy to do if you're going to look at a school that's not Duke, Kentucky, something like that. We're, you're thinking, you know, we're talking undrafted guys. A lot, like I said, a lot of the guys that go undrafted and become names were guys that came from smaller schools. So, yeah, back, back to Fletcher McGee. Uh, you know, what's I guess interesting to me is that obviously we all know he's a great three point shooter. You know, set an NCAA record for uh, career three point three pointers made. But what's interesting is that his play dramatically drops off against quality teams. Mm. When you saw him play against Kentucky, I mean he, I mean he did what he could, but his shots just would not fall. And if you go back and look throughout his career uh, against these upper uh, tier teams, he's consistently not very good. And so is that a coincidence? I don't know. I would say probably not. I think it's due to increased level of competition yeah. um you know if you're more athletic you're probably gonna be a better defender and i mean that's what the, that's what the scouts are going to look at that's what they're they're going to see oh yeah you know you were really good against this team this team this team but then when you played the big time guys yeah. if you don't show up you know that's why with a guy like jean morant i was really hesitant to say okay he's hands down the number two pick but then whenever he got in the tournament he played against quality teams, quality players. Played against Florida State, who has has given Duke. They beat Duke. Yeah. And you know he went in there, scored twenty eight, had a really good game. He kept his team where they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the quality teams and players that you're playing against as a player is what the scouts are going to look at. Yeah, so and more yeah. so than. Yeah, I think I think the best case scenario, uh, you know, for a Fletcher McGee would be try to find a JJ Redick type role in development. Yeah. When Redick first, uh, I mean, he was obviously a blue blood player coming out of high school. Redick was, but once he got to the NBA, he struggled the first few years uh, to really find his niche. But then once he really focused on getting his body fat down and really focusing on his conditioning, his play took off. So I think, you know, that's what you're looking for uh, from Fletcher McGee is if he can make that type of adjustment in his game. The shooting isn't going to change any. He just needs to make uh, everything else, his conditioning, his speed, be a better ball handler, things like that, and he might be able to hang on to the NBA team. So you guys are the Chicago Bulls. Oof. You guys have four overall picks. Have which pick? The fourth? The fourth overall okay. pick. And we're getting rid of the current GM, right? <laughs> no, he's oh. staying. Oh. Oh, that's uh, not us? Your current roster, pretty much the only only people you care about is Lori Markinen, uh, Zach Levine, Otto Porter, and Chris Dunn and probably Wendell oh, Carter Jr. Maybe Dunn. <laughs> yeah. those, are, those are probably the only ones that you care about. What was the last one you said? Wendell Carter Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for, yeah. yeah. So, so, last year. Yep. My question is, do you draft by position, or do you draft just by who you think is best available? Uh, the latest the latest mock drafts that I see uh, has them drafting Jarrett Culver out of Texas Tech, who just won tonight with the fourth overall pick. You draft talent. When you're a bad team, you take whoever the best available is, regardless of position. My, my, I've always said, no matter what sport, that 
I would t- I would take talent more I unless it is just a dire need, absolute mm-hmm. dire need. I take talent. I mean, obviously, there's some situations it's gonna make more sense, but the Patriots are known. That's what they do. They draft talent. They don't draft by position. Um, I would draft talent. If you, yeah, I guess I think of it this way. If you, let's say you have Michael Jordan on your team. Michael Jordan's in his prime. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you have the chance to draft Kobe Bryant. You gonna say no? Right. Of course, you're gonna take Kobe Bryant. And another thing, you, you figure could, it out. Yeah, another <laughs> thing you could do is you could you could trade another guy. You know, another mm-hmm. another guy. If you have a you know a decent small forward, mm-hmm. you think Kobe Bryant's gonna be Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Move that guy. You know. Right. Get a pick in another year. Try to get a a player. You mm-hmm. know. Try to you know trade a trade a starter for a couple of role players. Sure. Build your depth, and then draft that guy. Um, I've just yeah. I've always thought talent was the way to go. So who would you guys draft? So I guess who who's available is Zion going first? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a shot probably of that. that. I think there's yeah. a shot of that. Yep. So I think yeah, that's obviously the consensus is Zion's going first. I think there is a little bit of a discussion now about the second pick. Whether is it Barrett or is it Ja? For my money, I would take Barrett's uh, slight edge. Um, I just think he, he's you know he's a natural uh, you know you know two guard NBA, um, but nothing against Morant. I think he's going to have his um, well. The thing about the shine. the thing about the Bulls too is they've got young players at both the guard positions and in the post. They got Lori Markinen and they've got um, Wendell Carter both in the post. Sure. And then they've got Dunn, and they've got um, Levine. Levine um, at the guard position. So I mean, they're they're they're, I guess top need is a small forward. Mm-hmm. So would you look more to, me, to a Cam Reddish, or to a DeAndre Hunter, or a Nazir Little, or would you just go off the page completely? I, I if it's me, and we're talking about me. Not not by position thing. Again, I think I'm probably gonna take the better the guy who I feel like is the best player, and maybe move somebody else. Or when you got young players on your team, that just builds depth. You don't have to move anybody. So what I would do now, this is me. I'm taking either Bull Bull or Kobe White. They've got two point guards right now. If you take Kobe White, Levine could be moved to shooting guard. He he he's kind of a point guard shooting guard mix. And then you might move a guy like Chris Dunn. I think that would make more sense than if you draft Bull Bull. I don't think moving obviously you're not gonna get rid of Lori Markinen, I wouldn't think. But maybe, you know, move Wendell Carter to the bench, have depth in the post. That's what I would do if I was the Bulls. We'll say, I, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. You know, Bull Bull, you know, came in, uh, you know, to you know, this season until he got hurt, and he was we're talking about top five pick. Oh yeah, yep. Um, and you know, he's a guy who's seven foot two who can doesn't have a weakness. Really, and really, and really, really, he fits well into today's NBA. He yeah. has the size, but he also has skill. He can shoot it. You know, he rebounds, blocks shots, uh, everything you want from a post player with a little bit of modern day skill. 
so I, I th- for my money, I think that's what I would do as well. A lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of comparison, a lot of a guy I would compare him to, that I thought was going to be a big, a big time player that it hasn't seemed to go that way. He's still young, but hasn't gone that way. Is Thon Maker? Mm-hmm. He's a lot like Thon Maker. He can shoot. He can dribble. He's over seven feet tall. He's got length. He's got some athleticism. He's not a slow guy. He can block shots, rebound. Um, he really doesn't have any weakness. It's just how well he develops going forward. Yeah, so Bobo's stats before he got hurt, obviously it was early. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was averaging over 25 points a game, uh, just shy of 12 rebounds a game, uh, over assist a, over one assist a game, 3.2 blocks, and yeah. a steal a game. I mean, again, that's... That's not the competition it would have been, mm-hmm. but I I think I think a lot of teams are are overlooking him. I'm not seeing him in a a lot of top tens. I haven't seen him in there. Um, no top five have I seen him in there. I haven't even been, seen him com, like talked about when people are talking about the guys with the highest upsides. To me, I think that yeah, I think everybody would agree who the top three players are, but then. After that, it's it, that's where the question mark is. To me, I think Bull Bull is right there, right after those three guys. And again, Kobe White, I think, is another guy you look at um, because of how much he can do. Again, he doesn't have too many weaknesses. He's got a lot of strengths. He's a young guy. He's 6'5 at the point guard position. He's a leader. He's a 19-year-old that has great leadership. So that's my that be that'd be my two guys. Uh, we'll, we'll transition a little bit here, uh, you know, to the NBA itself. Um, we're getting ready to finish up the regular season. Uh, who's your MVP for this year? If you had to pick one, you want me first? Sure. Giannis. 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 The Greek freak. The Greek freak. What's your case for Giannis? I think that Milwaukee has a decent team. Mm-hmm. I think they would be a decent team without him. Decent. I think they could give some teams a run for their money each game because they play hard. Mm-hmm. They've got some talent. They can shoot. But if he wasn't on there, they would be nowhere near the best team in the NBA. Nowhere near the best team in the NBA. Um, he's not a guy like a lot of people want to go with – Talk about James Harden. He's not a guy that needs to isolate himself the way that he does. He's a, he's a very good playmaker. He's always looking to get him, his, the, the other players involved. Um, it seems to me like he, doesn't, he really truly does not care about his stats or look at me or any of that. But at the end of the day, he can go out and get his stats just by going out and playing. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I mean, I think obviously the two choices probably comes down to Harden and, and Giannis. You know, I, I I go back and forth with this one. You know, with Harden, uh, you know, we've seen uh, some great scoring outputs from him. He's not always efficient, but you know, there's a lot of nights where he's put his team on his back um, and his reason that they won the game. Having said that, Giannis does the same, and I think. What makes Giannis um, special is that he can do it in multiple ways. It's not just scoring. He can right. rebound the ball. Yep. He, he can, uh, you know, facilitate. Yeah. He can block shots. Um, you know, I think, 
when it comes to what you really look for in MVP, I think Giannis does a better job of making others around him better yeah. uh, than what Harden does. Harden gets his assists, but it's the way he goes about doing it. I just don't feel like he's looking for those players at all times. I feel like he looks to score, and if there's a glaringly open guy, he you know that he can make that pass. But I think he's more worried about getting his assists than why he's actually getting those assists, if that makes sense. Giannis will go out there, make plays. He's just trying to win the game. James Harden, I feel like... I want to score, I want to score, I want to score. But I also want to get my triple-double. So, that's how I feel. Show's called Brutally Honest. That's my opinion. <laughs> Brandon? He hasn't talked in a while. Yeah, yeah. so I Where have, is you? I'd be honest, too. Uh, I just... I've never been a Harden fan. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the quadruple step back. Without it being called... <laughs> a, without it being called travel. At least. <laughs> Call me old-fashioned. Yeah. I don't know. Um... But Giannis, Giannis just does everything. He's everywhere. He's, he's the freak. Um, one of my biggest things is Giannis shoots the ball seven less times per game than James Harden. Yeah. He also averages 12.5 rebounds a game and averages six assists a game. On a team with probably less talented roster oh, yeah. overall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, look what he's made Brooke Lopez into. Yeah, that's good to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I like, you know, Chris Middleton is, is you know, he's pretty good. Yeah, um, he's pretty good. He, yeah. should, not, he yeah. should not be an all-star. How, no, how he I, got an yeah. all-star this, this I don't, year is, I don't know. Yeah. is beyond me. He's a good player. But you can thank Giannis for that. He's, yeah. he's a shooter that's okay at shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's just, <clears> one, one week he's a lights-out shooter, another he can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I don't... I don't like players who shoot 10, 10, 12 more times than anybody else on their roster. Um, his, his, his roster, he's, he's had the feel sorry for me attitude all season long, trying to say that, oh, one person's been hurt in Chris Paul. And, Which that's going to happen. Yeah, it's but that doesn't make up for everybody else on your roster. Right. And... Just because one person gets hurt or you're having issues with health doesn't mean that you have to take all the shots. Um, I just I see him as a very very selfish player, and I think it shows in his game. Well, and scoring scoring is what a lot of people look at. So, in my opinion, it's clear that Giannis makes the bigger impact. But a lot of people want to say, oh, so 50 is not an impact. Well. It's a it it is, but at the same time, what else is he doing? And to mm-hmm. me, he's not the playmaker that his assists show that he is. Um, on defense, he's a liability. I feel like when he wants to play defense, he's not actually that bad a bad at it. It's just it seems like he's more just out there to be out there, and then when offense comes around. Give me the ball and, you know, now I'll show up. Well, his legs are probably tired after shooting 40 jump shots. So, <laughs> probably can't get back on defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, before we get into a little game of love it or shove it, um, I just, I wanted to bring up one topic that that kind of, I wanted to give, I wanted to give a shout out to a, to a certain city because they, they've had some really good things going for them. 
the last couple of years. And that's the city of Milwaukee. Um, mm. Think about it. It's, it's a city that doesn't get much love, but yet yeah, the Bucks are good. The Brewers are good. Come on. Marquette had a really good year this Come year. Come on. There's a team. It's not in Milwaukee, but it's close. Oh, but Come it's on. not in Milwaukee. Yeah, and they haven't been good either. But, you know, <laughs> I want you to talk about them. Who? Go, Pat, go! Oh, oh well. Oh, jeez. Yeah, nope. Just just Milwaukee. We're not, we're not talking After Aaron Rodgers, there's really nothing left of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. We're not talking about those fudge packets. <laughs> but uh, what do you... What do you think about Milwaukee being rel- relevant in sports now? I think a lot of a lot of cities, you know, have have teams that have their runs. But I mean, I think overall, it's eventually going to be the way that they were. I mean, I don't think anything's going to change. Um, not to sound negative, but LA's LA for a reason. New York's New York for a reason. I mean, to me. Milwaukee is what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, when I think of state of Wisconsin, I just can't picture a very big city. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. you got Milwaukee, and well, what are you gonna that's do? what you got. Yeah. What yeah. Are you gonna do? Madison's all right, yeah. but you yeah. know, it's not New York City. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've LA. never been to either one, but yeah. yeah. I actually have been to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. See how well, forgettable it is. Yeah. Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's play a little love it or show. It. All right. So all right. now this is gonna work is I'm gonna say. I'm going to say a topic, mm-hmm. and one at a time, you guys are going to tell me if you love it or shove it, and then you're going to tell me why. <clears throat> okay. All right? Yep. So, first, Virginia makes the NCAA championship game, which they would be playing, to get there, they would have to go through Texas Tech. Right. Love it or shove it? I am going to say shove it. Um, or wait, wait, what is the, which, did they get to the title game? Yes, they beat. Oh, okay, love it, my bad, love it. Um, I think that, you know, they've, they've played, they've played the, they've played some of the toughest teams in the entire country, they played Duke twice, um, now they didn't win, but I mean, they've seen the toughest competition there is, they're in the ACC, hands down the best conference in the country, um, I I think they've been there, done that when it comes to top teams. Um, I mean, you know, they're going to see a good team, clearly. They're in the Final Four. But they have one of the best defenses in the country. I feel like when they have to make their shots and when they have to win, they do it. Um, I, I have them in the title game. Yeah, I, I when I filled out my brackets this year, I put Duke and Virginia uh, for the title game, um, and just goes simply uh, if you go to Ken Palm, if you guys are aware of those stats, uh, both of those teams are top six in both overall offense and defense. Woo. It's gonna so, be a good matchup. So that yeah, I, that's I haven't uh, changed it. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? Brandon. Uh, so I'm actually gonna shove it. Woo! Um, okay. He's going out on the limb. Playing, playing devil's advocate. Uh, All right. I'm I'm not a Virginia fan. I think this is Virginia's most talented team, but and I I love me some defense. Uh, that's part of the reason why I'm playing Texas Tech. It's because I think 
I think Texas Tech can play defense with the best of them, and I think they can score with the best of them. Um, Culver had a below average game today. Yeah, he scored 17 points. A lot of those were late at the free throw line. Um, but I, I just don't see him having two rough games this late in the season in a row. Um, I picked Purdue to win. Came up just a little bit short. If they would have uh, taken care of business late in the second half of the reg of regulation, I think they would have taken control. Um, next, this is this is one that I'm I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say. Love it or shove it, the Miami Heat make the playoffs in the Eastern oh, Conference. God. Um, right now, they, they really, I don't really care. I'll be honest with you. I don't really care to answer. Yeah. You care Right now, right. Well, this, this has to do with the playoff. Push. Okay. All right. All right. Right now, they're currently Not eighth. They don't in make the, it. But right yeah. now, they're currently eighth in the East. They are a half game above Orlando. Half game above Orlando. Is, is there another team with right with Orlando or is, is yeah so Orlando's a half game right back up. and then uh, Charlotte is a yeah, game and a half back of them. I, I I'm gonna go love it. I think Dwayne Wade's gonna go out in the playoffs. Um, he's actually been a better overall player this year than he has the last two or three years. So um, Miami is also a half game behind the Brooklyn Nets for seventh place. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, and a full game Nets. behind the Pistons. So really, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. So those five teams are only separated by three and a half games, well, with six to seven games yeah. left to go. The Nets play rough. They, they, they give you a tough game, and a lot, like a lot of people have said, you know, you may not once you 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 might look at them as the Brooklyn Nets, and then whenever they come in, they uh, they can give you a tough game. Um, I think that um, the Brooklyn Nets have had a good year, but I think when it comes to playoff time, they're a young team. Um, they haven't been there. Um, I would definitely. I, I think that Miami's better than Brooklyn is. I think they're I think they would I think they have more talent. Um, they've they've got a guy like Dwayne Wade, um, who's been there, done that in the playoffs. Um, and I, I like I like Detroit a lot. I I think they've been an underachieving team the last few years, especially last year. And now that they have Blake Griffin, or they have Blake Griffin now that they have, or no, they have now Blake Griffin. And then with Andre Drummond, I think their their guards. Are uh, you know they have good enough guards? Um, I don't think they're going to make a deep run, but I think they have they have a good ability. Um, I definitely would say Miami is the favorite to get into the playoffs, and they might even make be the. I could see them be the being the seven seed. I could even see them being the six seed. But I, like I said, I like Detroit too. Um, so I I could see Miami being the seven or the eight seed. I think they'll definitely make it though. Yeah, this is all a moot point. When it comes down to the East, it's down to a few teams. You got Boston, right? You got Toronto, yep, and you got Philly. Woo. But we're not talking about any of this. This is love and shove. It's one topic. You either love it or you hate it. Yeah, I'm shoving all of it. So yeah. 
<laughs> All what right. Do you think, oh, I love I it. I got an idea. Yeah. I, I yeah. love it. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. I love it for Dwayne Wade. I, as much yep. crap as I, I talk about yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I like, like to see it. him. Yes. Well, that one last playoff push. Yeah. Yeah. That'd yeah. be fine. I, I like that. Honestly, if it wasn't for Dwayne Wade, I'd probably. As much as I'm kind of already where you are on this, mm-hmm. I'd be more so. Yeah. Just saying, you know, why do I care? Yeah. But because yeah. of him, let's do it. Plus, yeah. I do think that they are better than, I think they have a better team than the Nets. Um, like I said, with the experience, I think they could, you know, it's coming It's coming down to the wire. This is when, like, a guy like Dwayne Wade, this is when he shows up. Plus, and this is when experience shows up. Plus, you know, Miami has a secret weapon. Uh-oh. Bam. Not... Bam, bam. Bam out of bio. No. I knew Actu- you were going actually, <laughs> actually, where I was going with this is that Donis Haslam has, has, has special insure that he brings to games and practices <laughs> so like, that his team is filled up the right way. It's just like uh, with the uh, LeBron, yeah. Dwayne Wade team. Who was on the yeah. end of their bench? Mr. Michigan. Yeah. 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 About, he's about, what, 60 at that point? <laughs> still still lacing him up. Never getting in Juwan Howard. He there. Somehow he was there. All right. You brought next. this on yourself. Well, you brought this one on yourself. <laughs> oh, next. come on. Love it or shove it. Bryce Harper is overrated. Uh, I'm going to shove that clean <laughs> up anything. Um, he is, uh, I mean... This is only this only goes so far, but I will say it because I think it is part of the point. I think talent is one of the most important things when it comes to being an athlete. Another thing that is important is your work ethic. He has he is off the off the scale on both of those things. Um, I think uh, you know coming into the coming in as a teenager, he came in as one of the best prospects. Not just baseball history, sports history. He's one of the best prospects of all time. Um, I mean, he's he's had a lot. The last two years, he's had down years. In his down years, he still has. He's still a very productive player. Um, I think now that he's in Philly, I think with a little more talent. Look, they're gonna they're gonna get these young guys are gonna come up. And Philly is going to, I think, be a team for the future to be reckoned with. Um, right now, they're they're, I mean, they're they're a productive team. I think they could make the playoffs. Um, they may win the division. They may make a wild card. They may not even make the playoffs, but I think they're going to still be a decent team this year. Um, but uh, to me, he's he's just too good overall to continue what he's done the last two years. Um, to me, he I think he could be a 280-plus hitter. I think he's going to hit you 40 home runs. And in Philly, Philly's a, Philly's a good place for home run hitters. And he actually, of all the visiting parks, I believe that is the – I believe that's the place he's had the most home runs. It and, is. It and, is. And, and, I mean, he hits, he hits great there. Um I think I think he's gonna I think he'll get you your I think he's gonna get you the hundred hundred RBIs I think he's gonna get you forty home runs and I think he's gonna be a two eighty plus hitter he's still he's twenty six years old but I still think he's a develop I think still think he's developing things um, he's a good fielder 
Uh, he's got him a good arm. Um, not a slow guy. Uh, he can play center. He can play right. He'll probably be in right field. They got a good outfield. Um, I just think that he has too much talent to do what he's done the last two years. Two years ago, he was the MVP of the league. He had a great year, and everybody said, after, my, after Mike Trout, he's the best player in baseball. I still believe that. I don't believe a down year makes you less talented. I think you can have down a down year. I think you can have two down years. I mean, the pressure's on. Um, you know, he needs to show up this year, but I have faith in him. So you're loving it. I'm shoving he's that he's shoving he's, shoving oh, he's overrated. That yes. he's overrated. Yes. So shove it in your face. I'll shove it in your face too, because I know what you're gonna. Yeah, say. I'm gonna. Clayton, I'm gonna. With, I'm gonna with, love it. With a little less wind. Yeah. Um, behind yeah. your sails. I I will. I'll try to wrap that up here. So um, yeah, I'm gonna love uh, Bryce Harper being overrated. Not that he's not talented. He's obviously a talented baseball player. But when you're looking at Bryce Harper, he came in a lot of fanfare, supposed to be this great talent, and he is, but he's not quite living up to the bill yet. Last year was his first season in the majors with 100 RBIs, and he got 100 exactly. He is a career batting average less than 280. Yep. So it's more likely what history tells us is that he's not going to hit 300 like he did his MVP season. Uh, you know, we may to be seen what happens in a new ballpark, but as for right now, I like Mookie Betts as the second best player in baseball. Uh, so Mookie Betts, let me tell you about Mookie in case you guys have already forgotten. Four full seasons, three-time All-Star, three-time AL Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slugger winner, and a World Series ring. What about, uh, what about Baez? Javi Baez. That's one of my I, favorite players. I was going to so say. What are we? Is this a love it or shove it or are we just bringing him up? Just, just bringing him up. Uh, how much time we got? I mean, I could talk about If you had to pick between Bryce Harper and Javier Baez right now, to have on my team? Yes. To have on my team? Yes. Between the two of them? Yes. Bryce Harper. Wow. Mm. All right. Did not see that coming. Ask me in a year, I might have a different answer. I'll say Harper for now. If Baez repeats last year's performance, give me Baez. Baez is going to get better, too. He has a problem with sliders. He chases pitches. Um, he's he's a free swinger, which, you know, as a young player, that's not, you know, it's not a good thing, but it's not, it's not a terrible thing. I mean, a lot of young players are like that. The ones that are great and the... And, you know, end up having the great careers of the ones that figure that out. Like a lot of people have said, he's been com- compared to Manny Ramirez as a player, and a lot of which, well, as a hitter, um, I don't know that he's got the power as man uh, that Manny had. I wouldn't compare him to him, but that's what I keep hearing. Um, I think he's a guy that will become a a better hitter, a less you know striking out less, free swinging less. He'll probably to an extent always be a free swinger, but I think he'll have more um, control when it comes to these breaking balls. He likes to chase breaking balls right now, but he's young. He'll figure it out, I think. So I think he's going to get better. Moving on. Kyler Murray will be the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Love it or shove it? I'm going to love it. Uh, You know, they hired his old coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and before... Cliff, uh, you know, was even hired mm-hmm. as a coach for the Cardinals. He said if he had the first overall yep. pick, he would take Kyler Murray. Well, guess what? 
Yeah. He's a coach of the Cardinals now. He said it. He's got the first overall pick now. He said it before the He's met with Kyler Murray in Oklahoma. Yeah. He's already coached in Oklahoma. I don't know why he's there now, but I think he's just saying, hey, we're going to go through the process, take these other guys out, but we're going to get rid of Rosen and we're going to take you. I love <clears> it. Um, you're saying, are the Cardinals going to take it? Number Correct. One, right? Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, I think, um, like, he, I was going to say the same thing mm-hmm. you did. Um, before this, I think it was before the season started. I may be wrong, but I think it was before the season started last year that he even said that he he would take him the number one overall pick. It might have been after the season. I don't remember, but yeah, he said if I had if I had the opportunity, I'd take him number one overall. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I've heard, the Cardinals are kind of on the fence about Rosen, anyways. If you have Kingsbury who thinks this highly of him, mm-hmm. I think that's gonna sway them to say you know it may it's not that fair you got one year as yeah. a rookie yeah in a bad situation with yeah. a bad team and it didn't work out um i'm not i i don't know what rosen's ever going to be but i think that um i mean i don't know i i i think that he, I think he, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think that you know that he's trash right now. No, just no, because right. of this, you know. And, um, I mean, it's been rumored that the Patriots would be a team that, that Rosen, that, you know, they're, they're looking at uh, maybe making that those moves. Not that they're the ones saying that, but a lot of people are saying they, they may go after him. And, um, if that's the case. We might be looking five to ten years and saying, "Wow, Rosen was amazing," mm-hmm. um, just because it, you know everybody in that in that system t- tends to work out. But yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to take him. I think Kingsbury loves him. All right, love it or shove it, the St. Louis Cardinals make the playoffs this year. Uh, as of right now, you know I'm a Cardinals fan, but. I'm going to go ahead and say shove it for now. Uh, I think the the pitching right now is suspect. That's what's holding me back. And we're not getting enough contributions from players we should be depending on, i.e. Dexter Fowler. So uh, the Paul Goldschmidt that obviously looks wonderful so far. Um, I think you can get steady play from you know Matt Carpenter and Yadier Molina. Uh, but until the rotation gets fixed, you know, Carlos Martinez is hurt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think you can really put a lot of faith in the Cardinals. I think that if it might have been a year ago, if we had this team maybe a year ago, I think we would have had a better shot. Um, there's two wild cards now, mm-hmm. which is the only reason I think that I would say that even a year ago we'd have a shot. Um, but... I think that I think we're a better team. I think we're going in the right direction with Gold, getting Goldschmidt, landing him, and and keeping signed him to that five year contract. Um, I've like I've liked what I've seen of them so far when it comes to the offense. I think our defense is a little bit better. Um, but like you said, only I'll go farther. You said suspect. The pitching is suspect. I think the pick the pitching is complete trash. It's <laughs> It's the reason we will not make the playoffs. Um, our defense isn't good. It's better. Our offense, Bader's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we got you know we've got a yeah. guy here and there. Goldschmidt yeah. is a gold yeah. glover. Yep. Um, Bader. Not tonight. Prob- huh? Not tonight. No, it happens. Yeah. Bader 
Well, you know, he'll be he'll be looked at as a gold glover in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got Molina. I mean, there are guys. Uh, we're better as a defensive team. We're still not good. Right. Um, but I think we – I think that isn't – I don't think we'll be what we were last year where we lost games because of defense too many times. Um, to me, it's all about the pitching. I think our starting pitching is terrible. I think our bullpen is terrible. I think Andrew Miller – as good as he's been, he had it down year last year. His spring training, which I don't look at for anything, but it wasn't good. The first few games so far, he hasn't pitched well. I kind of question what he really is now. Um, if he is what he was, um, the you know a few years ago, our bullpen's a lot better. I still don't think it's very good. But if if he's not if that's not what he is that bull, that bullpen is still we're still in the same place as last year and that's not okay. One of my biggest things is Philly just got a lot better. Atlanta just got another year with these younger players developed, and I think they're going to be a team that's going to take teams, you know, give teams a run for their money. Um, the Mets are supposedly better. I don't. I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> but um. <laughs> The, the, the NL East is probably, I feel like, going to at least, I think they could bring out one of the wild card teams. I just don't feel like the Central, I don't think we're going to beat out the Brewers. I think it's, I, I think we could, I think we could give them some games, but I mean, I, I think over time they're going to beat us out. Yelich seems to be the real, the real deal. And to me, the Cubs are one of the best teams in baseball. So, right, I'm so going to say shoving. shove it, yeah. All right, last but not least. The Golden State Warriors do not win the title. (laughs) Love it or shove it. That's a tough one. Uh, Will this be the year? And you know, when we had this argument, you would, part of the season, you'd say, okay, they added a fifth All-Star with Zarekis Cousins. That should make it so much easier to say, love it. But what I see this year is I think this there are signs that this isn't working out anymore. The team chemistry is off. Uh, Draymond's complaining more. Even Steve Kerr's kind of getting into it. And when it comes time to playoffs, everyone has to be together. And, uh, you know, I feel like if Boston can get, can get their stuff together, um, as well as Philly and maybe Toronto, I think they can give them a run for their money. Um, uh, having said that, it seems like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant always come to play in the playoffs. So, um, so I'll say uh, that uh, I'll shove it. I'll say the Warriors uh, repeat, and then Kevin Durant goes somewhere else after this year. So you love it then? No, I'm it, saying I, they do oh, not win. So won't win. Okay, okay, they won't win. Okay, Golden yeah. State Warriors do not win the title this year. <sighs> well. I wish I could say otherwise, yeah. but I'm going to shove it again, too. Um, to me, the great players show up in big games. Um, I think it's a combination of having all that talent, but all the experience that they've had. Um, you know, they, when, they play, when, they're, when they play together, you know, they're, they're, there's no team that can... That can I feel like they can beat them in a seven-game series. Um, I feel like um, Milwaukee has had 
Milwaukee's had um, had their number this year. Um, so, I mean, that's a team that could kind of be dangerous in mm-hmm. the finals form. I still feel like I still feel like they're just a team that'll figure it out once it comes comes down to it. Comes time to actually get there and play. Um, it's a long season, eighty-two games. You're gonna have stuff like you know that they've gone through come up. Um, they've had their problems. We all knew this was gonna happen. We all said this was gonna happen, and it did. Um, so I mean, we shouldn't be too surprised by that. Um, I think maybe the off-season things might you know. Players may go, you know, here and there. Cousins probably won't be there. We'll see what Durant does. Um, I think Clay Thompson's going to stay there more than likely. But at the end of the day, um, I hate this team more than anything in the entire world. But they're too dang good for multiple reasons. Talent being one, experience being the other. They've been there, done that. Um, They play exactly how the NBA wants teams to play nowadays. I'm going to shove it. They're making it. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna shove it too. Um, just looking at it, the top three teams in the West are the Warriors, the Nuggets, and the Rockets. The Nuggets, they're good, but once it comes time to the playoffs, they're inexperienced. Um, so I just I don't I don't see that happening. Third is the Rockets. Again, we're getting yeah. into the James Harden stuff. Right. And he won't. He's, he's going to take 47 yeah. shots a game, and then he's going to complain because he didn't get enough shots. I can't even say the Denver Nuggets are your NBA champions. That doesn't roll off the top. I, I just got enough. I, I'll tell you what, they, they're good. They're good. I, yeah. I hate that. They, they're boring to watch. They're like the freaking Spurs, but they get the job done. They're, they win games. <sighs> I was how I, I didn't think that I you know that I told you they're I don't think they're gonna be that big a deal and I'm I'm eating my words I think they're a good team they're not gonna win a title fifty one and twenty four yeah they have a good team tied tied with the best they record in the West I think the if you, I think you got if you add another guy which I don't think Denver can do Michael Porter Jr. Nope um <laughs> you add another guy I think that's a dangerous team like. Like championship danger, especially if, you know, depending on who it would be. But I mean, I think if you get like you know one of the upper echelon players, a Kawhi Leonard, obviously like a Durant, he's nobody's going to Denver. But I'm just saying, yeah. For if you do that, this team is dangerous. They can give you a run for your money, but you know. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, I'm Brandon. I'm Clayton. I am Tyler. And this has been Brutally Honest.